This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is January 3rd, 2022, that sounds weird. Happy New Year. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside a guy who's prepared to take his shirt off and potentially leave the show before it's over, Dave McCann. Let's just see how it goes. <laughs> I, I've got some built-in bonuses for a couple of good segments, but I, I might just throw those out and storm out. Let's that, just see. That was crazy from Antonio Brown. Obviously, a lot of BYU fans watching that game, watching Zach Wilson yep. versus Tom Brady, which, by the way, Zach had a great game, came up short. But uh, that was a weird scene there. I've never seen anything like that. I haven't either. And and there's a, there I, there's some compassion, like Tom Brady said after. Have some compassion for Antonio Brown, not because it's Antonio Brown, because it's a human being having a meltdown. Yeah. On national TV, and you don't know the ramifications of that. I don't know him. I'm just watching this, and so it's crazy and and sorrowful at the same time. Like, man, I hope this guy's all right. Um, but all of America is watching him implode. Yes. And they've seen him do it before. It's very unbred. Yeah. yeah and so unbred. I think, uh, yeah, I hate to see that anytime, no matter what sport, when you just see someone come undone. Yep. Uh, because we're all very judgmental because we're on the back side of the TV set, you know, the front side of the TV set watching it going, I don't know anything about those details, but that guy's nuts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. On. So, yeah, yeah weird. Well, keep your shirt on, Dave. Okay. I'm going to keep my shirt on. <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, this is our first time we've I ever know. done a show. Crazy. The moratorium ended at midnight Friday. Yep. You know, uh, it was uh, for for me. It was like a 54 year moratorium because it never happened. <laughs> so now here we are together for the first time. We've been in the studio a lot. Me producing True Blue. Yeah. Which you know they just axed. You know, you were hosting, I was producing. That we were like, what happened to this show? AFR was born. BYUSN was born. Yeah. So we've yeah been, True we've Blue been is like uh, like a hand car company coming across. <laughs> yes. There are there are cars later. Yeah. <laughs> and planes. <laughs> and yeah. jets. Exactly. And like that. Anyway, it's great to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Here's our show lineup. Baylor Romney announces he's leaving BYU. What's the impact on the QB room for 2022? How does 10 straight weeks without a buy sound for next fall? Tough for the players. Great for, uh, you know, us watching Cougar football. Yeah. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the latest Cougars going pro and uh, leaving his thoughts on bull opt-outs, his comments on what Kirk Herbstreet said uh, about the opt-outs. And men's hoops got the weekend off. In fact, the whole WCC did. How many games might be canceled this season? Plus, BYU uh, a little bit off the bubble. We'll discuss Cougar hoops as well. And there's lots to talk about, so let's get to it with today's headlines. Let's start with quarterback Baylor Romney, who has entered the transfer portal. He said, quote, he's unsure what's next, but it's time for me to move on. The date of the BYU East Carolina football game for next year has been set for Saturday, October 29th at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This will mean BYU will play 10 straight games in 2022. We'll have much more on this in What's Trending. 2022, that's the year now. I, I, it's like this fall. You remember when back when people used to write tre- checks? I would always write the wrong year. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, it's the next year. It's easy to just write that too. Exactly. Just keep it going. Cougars in the NFL, what a day. Zach Wilson, 19 for 33, uh, 234 yards and a touchdown and lost to the Bucks. BYU nearly went 2-0 versus Tom Brady, almost. Taysom Hill went 17 of 28 for 222 yards, a touchdown and 45 yards rushing. 6-2 as a starter now, by the mm. way. In a win over the Panthers, who started Brady Christensen, at left tackle, he had a nice game. Great to see those guys playing good. 
and still healthy here at the end of the year. Glad Taysom's feeling better. The rest of the Cougars in the NFL, Fred Warner, all he does is make tackles. The 49ers, you know what? If they, if they get right at quarterback, they could make a run right through the playoffs. Their I would love to see legit. nothing more than the Niners lose, though. I know. Seahawks yeah. Fan, yeah. yeah, that's true. They're not but going go anywhere, Fred. the Hawks. <laughs> no, they're not. Kyle Van Noy, he continues to pile up wins for the Patriots. How about Kyrus Tonga? A uh, couple of tackles for loss. He recovered a fumble. I saw him do like a road grader block. That was awesome. running back into the end zone. He's settling in. Daniel Sorensen, a steady man in the secondary for the Chiefs. Michael Davis, six tackles for loss for the Chargers. Maybe the most underappreciated Cougar in the pro. Mm -hmm. Michael Davis, outstanding. Great. Jamal Williams, I saw him get a touchdown and spike the ball in the end zone. I wish he would have spiked it one time here in Provo. That would have been Just fun. to go in there and just... Just slam that ball into the thing. He did it against your Seahawks. Yeah. But your Hawks In a big won. loss, yeah. It, that game didn't matter. It was yeah. a terrible game. Uh, two fantasy guys in that game. Nice. Who? Metcalf and somebody else? The running back for the Seahawks. Yep. And the receiver for the Lions. Sean Penny had a got like 60 points for me. Yeah, Penny had I a still lost. Yeah, oh, Penny sorry, was man. Every uh, men and women's West Coast Conference basketball game was postponed due to COVID last Thursday through Saturday. BYU men's game at Portland to be rescheduled. The women uh, didn't play San Diego or Portland, are expected to stay in the top 25 and be rescheduled as well when that comes out at the top of the hour. This week, the men host Pacific Thursday on BYU TV and play at St. Mary's, or at least we hope. Then the women are at USF, then host Pacific Thursday and Saturday. You know what? 17 games wiped out. Oof. Got to get through this week because 34 games to reschedule is much harder than 17. A lot of Tuesdays. Yeah. CBS Sports, John Rothstein has BYU 35th in his top 45. That echoes what ESPN's Joe Lenardi has for the Cougars. Lenardi has BYU as a nine seed and 35th on the seed line. It's going to be tough to stay there without a center. It just is. Yes, yes. Okay, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Correction St. Mary's is home. What's Trending is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. With the ECU game in football in 2022 reportedly confirmed for October 29th in Provo, BYU football appears poised to play 10 straight games without a bye before Dixie State, live on BYU TV this fall. Is this a bad idea, or is it just how it is? Well, I love the fact that BYU has two weeks to get ready for Dixie State. So when I see the <laughs> schedule, I go, that's set up just like we'd like. Uh, you know, we're going to talk to Trevor about that coming up. In the, in the 84 team where they won all their games, they had two buys before the end of October. Mm. Now as an independent, we're just at the mercy of when teams can play us. And East Carolina's in a conference, so it's very quite possible. They said, um, we can only play you on this Saturday. Take it or leave it. And BYU's independent has to take it. So you look at 10 straight, and there's some good ones in there, starting with the, the South Florida game uh, on the road, which is a good start on the road. I love that. But then it, gets, then it gets tough with, with Baylor and Oregon. Wyoming looked pretty good in their bowl game. They've mm -hmm. kind of turned the corner a little bit. The Aggies, we know, are, are much better. And then you got the Irish and Arkansas, and then things mellow out from there. But, man, what do you think? This is going to be tough. Uh, I, I've talked about it for a little while, but this schedule has five Power Fives, but four of those are in the top 21 going into bowl season. Fifth-ranked Notre Dame lost to Fiesta Bowl. They can't win a New Year's Six or BCS game to save their lives, by the way. I like, love that game, though, in Vegas. I, but, oh, I think that's a toss-up. Oh, we were all there. It was amazing, yeah. that environment. I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, Seventh-ranked Baylor is roaring. I mean, they're rip-roaring. We'll see what they are next year, but that's going to be a very fun home opener. Yeah, Oregon... On the road is going to be interesting. Um, obviously, Oregon just 
up in flames to end the year. But right. or, but at Oregon is tough. I've seen a game in Austin. It's a fun environment there. Um, when they play that Matt Kearney, uh, you know, welcome home song, it's great. And then uh, 21st ranked Arkansas. They're way better than they used to be. Yeah. They, they challenged some teams in the SEC this year. So those first 10, I'm going 6-4 and four at worst, probably 8-2 and two at best. That would be good. It's a tougher schedule than this year. But it is it is tough because what what was sort of the bane of the bowl game? It was injuries. It was, yeah. uh, you know, that that the depth kind of caught up to BYU at that point. In the Big Twelve, we hope that BYU s- suddenly gets certain players that want to be in a packed uh, Power Five conference. Utah saw this. There were players that didn't wouldn't have gone to Utah normally, but suddenly they're in the Pac twelve. They want to go to SC or UCLA. They want to play in a power league. Utah is good football, and they play for them. Hopefully BYU starts to get some of these players, starts to get some of these LDS kids that had been going to Utah or Stanford that wanted to come to BYU. Now they're playing at a high level. Or get them back, transfer portal. Uh, Apuka Nakua, Samson Nakua, whatever. Um, and and then, then you're going. Maybe you can sustain this a little deeper. This isn't you know a, a Big 12-type schedule quite yet, but I think it is a nice precursor to what will be 2023 and and – divisions, and playing for a conference championship. Remember when, when BYU was invited to join the Big 12 back on September 10th of last year, um, <laughs> the notion was, hey, BYU could just go the next – could go next year as an independent, right. get free of their games and go next year. And then it uh, was determined, no, they'll, they'll play these two out and then get into the Big 12. How big is that? Because it gives BYU an additional year to get ready as opposed to, let's say, we're opening with Texas and Oklahoma in September instead of – uh, South Florida and Baylor at home uh, in the, in, in, on the independent side. But I, I think it gives them another calendar year of we know exactly what happened this year. We know exactly what we need to do about depth. The transfer portal is open 24-7. It can answer a lot of those needs, and, and that allow the mission kids to go and come back and, 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 and fill in. But I, I think one more year – I love this schedule because I think it's a great – precursor to the Big 12, Mm -hmm. coming out of this last schedule we had, um, which is a reminder that the big games are still in November and your bowl game. And and BYU's getting closer to being better prepared for that. Get eight or nine wins next year. If you go north of that again, oh my gosh, come on. Um, If you go eight plus, that's a tremendous season. There's no, to me, the minimum threshold of a good team I've said is eight plus. So go get at least eight wins next year. They're going to get more than eight. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Reaction to Baylor Romney entering the transfer portal. He put out a a, a little release, a nice note to everybody, thanking everybody for his time uh, at BYU. Past four years have been filled with ups and downs. He's had some great ups and and he's had some downs. That concussion against Utah State, I think, would be a down for for him and and for his family. I have where he continues. Um, Thankful for the memories I've made and the person that uh, I've become while playing football at BYU. Teammates have become brothers. I'll miss them the most. Thanks, everybody. Unsure about what's next for me, but it's time to move on. What does that mean? Does that mean I'm graduating, I've got a job, and my wife wants me to get out of football, or does it mean (laughs) I want to go play football somewhere else? I'm not sure. What it does mean to me is that Gunnar Romney is probably gone. If Gunnar was coming back, I feel like Baylor probably would come back. Really? Those those aren't mutually exclusive, but it – Feels like it's a hint that Gunner might leave. Um, I, I get it. Uh, this feels like uh, whenever we get, answer this question, it's a commentary on can I comment on another person's life decision? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, he we do go, all the time. Yes, we do. We have to fill <laughs> five hours a week here. 
I get it. He's married. He's a backup quarterback. Granted, when you're the backup to Jaron Hall, you will start a few games. That happened. He started three games this last year. Um, South Florida, Utah State, and UAB. Um, so he would be guaranteed, you'd think, not guaranteed, but essentially, to start a few games. You'd have a tremendous schedule. But he wants to see something else. Maybe he wants to be a starter somewhere else. I could see him just retiring and calling it. Super yeah. smart dude. He's set. He's married, like you said. That plays a role here uh, with life. So, yeah, best of luck. I'm super glad Baylor Romney came here. He was a Nick Rolovich OC at Nevada commit to the Wolfpack, then transfers after his mission to BYU to play with Gunner. He's a walk-on. He's still a walk-on last year, by the way. Um, and then he has several games that mattered. The win against Boise State in 2019 changed the trajectory of the program. It, it, it changed everything. Aaron Roderick's first game as primary OC. BYU upsets the 14th-ranked Broncos. They finished strong that season into 2020. Like, if BYU doesn't win that game with Baylor Romney, I'm not sure what the next couple of years look like. Who knows? So I'm grateful he came to BYU and best of luck. Yeah, he's outstanding. I think maybe the concussion uh, had something to do with it. I, I could be completely wrong, but as a backup who comes in, gets a chance and gets a concussion, and, uh, and, and if he knows he's not going to the NFL, and so few do. Yeah. Um, not so few know it, so few actually do. Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks they're going to the NFL. But uh, to get a concussion like that, and, and, and then come back and, and then decide, do I want to go through, do I want to practice every day? Do I want to do all this stuff? And if my, if, if my wife, uh, we saw this with Elijah Bryant and his wife, they're both graduates, or do we want to do this for one more year or go explore the world? At least already graduated, and they went. job. You know, yeah. it's like more power to them. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but back here we're like, oh man, it should have been great to have Bryant in the lineup. But Bryant is doing what Bryant wants to do with his life, Elijah and his wife. And, and, uh, and so, when you have your degree and, and you have your goals and, and he's an old sophomore, you know, he's graduated and he's a sophomore. Yeah. Tyler Algier is an old sophomore. He's not just two years out of high school, which is usually what we equate sophomores to be. Um, but I, I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just done. I don't think Baylor or Gunner is going to leave because I think Gunner wants to go to the NFL and he needs the football to get to the NFL mm -hmm. and BYU's committed to throwing the football. I think I think that's enticing for him if he if he stays. But um, uh, but Baylor's been solid. I, I still remember the the game he, he beat Boise State. They were undefeated. They were 13th. It was raining. We're like, we're going with Baylor Romney. Who's Baylor Romney? Oh, he's the brother of the other. The walk on third string. How, how did he play in El Paso? And his brother played in Arizona. You know, all those things of like, where are the Romneys coming from? And then he beat them. The Mormon colonies, Dave. Yeah, the all Mormon my homies colonies. down there. And then he beat them. And. Uh, and it was just fantastic. And, and so his highs and lows, we talk about the highs. Uh, some of his moments at BYU, he will talk about for years because we will be too. Yeah, they he were big. Had some amazing throws, tremendous arm. He was ready when BYU needed him multiple times. Uh, and so best of luck to Baylor Romney. We'll see what Gunnar Romney's decision is. I'd love for Gunnar to come back against that schedule because certainly BYU could use him. Our question of the day, are you more concerned about BYU playing 10 straight games again in 2022 or filling the backup quarterback position? You know who's the most excited about the Baylor Romney news? Jacob Conover. Yeah. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Smiles TKMC on Instagram. Playing 10 straight games. Holland Conover have the QB position covered. I have to believe both will improve over the offseason. 
Jaron Hall doesn't have to improve much. Just keep going. Like, yeah. just keep doing what he did. It was find like, a way to stay on the field and keep going. Yes, very underrated season from Hall, which we'll cover the next couple of months, I'm sure. And I have to believe both will improve over the offseason. Uh, Bury struggled the second half of this still magical season due to injuries. Ten straight games risks that happening again. Do you agree with that idea of the the risk of that happening again due to ten straight? Sure. Sure. The more you're on the field, the greater the risk. But uh, there's also a chance that um, he's going to be just fine. Right. And his line's going to protect him, and he's going to be smarter about getting down, which he learned some lessons this year. Uh, and so if he manages that, um, he plays all 10. Yeah. Zach Wilson was a genius his final year because he'd learned all those lessons. Yes. I don't know if he took one brutal hit his, uh, his junior season uh, without him first going, I'm going down. I'm going to take the blow out of this Yes, smack. And it was nice that he didn't face elite pass rushes that often uh, right. with that schedule, which was great. So continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right. Speaking of Zach Wilson, has he turned the corner in the NFL? What do you think? Mm, we'll discuss. It's a tease. I'm not going to answer it right now. And Trevor Maddich talks about departures. Can Georgia beat Alabama for the national championship? We'll get Trev's opinion. This is BYU Sports Nation. He's got a lot of opinions. Yes, Like nonstop. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel look ahead to conference play, which we believe will begin on Thursday. <laughs> and we debut a new Deep Blue about Gideon George. What a story Gideon is. Tomorrow, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Yeah, we hope it begins Thursday. We'll see, right? Let's hope. No no guarantees, but uh, we hope. That's live on BYU TV as well, Thursday night against Pacific. We're in Studio B, Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann. Great to have you with us here on January 3rd. Now joining us, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, who has been a busy beaver in Bristol with ESPN. He's always busy doing stuff. Trevor, welcome back to the program, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Can you believe it's already 2019? <laughs> it's been the I longest decade the of our lives. Two years. Yeah. yeah, COVID yeah. season three. What's going to happen this year? Um, okay, let's talk about some BYU news that's happened. We've been breaking it down on the show. Tyler Algier, of course, announces he's going to go to the NFL. Neil Pau Baylor-Romney says he's going to move on. He's reportedly in the transfer portal, just going to see what happens. He doesn't necessarily have to play, per se, but what's your reaction to all of this news? Let's start with Tyler Algier. Well, it's he. I don't know what else he could do to improve his ability to enter the NFL that he's already done. He is a phenomenal power runner. He runs for speed. He's good at, at misdirection and making guys miss for a back his size. He can catch out of the backfield, and he's proven to be a very good blocker on pass protection. And so I don't know what he would what he would do to tell scouts anything more than he's already told them with the film that he's already produced. And so while it's hard for BYU to lose such a, a talented player, at the same time, this really is the time for him to go and give it a shot at the next level. What do you think about the backup quarterback as a former national champion center at BYU? How important is that spot as the Cougars look to replace Romney? I don't think we would have won the national championship had it not been for Blaine Fowler, who was our backup quarterback to Robbie Bosco. And all you have to do is look at the Holiday Bowl against Michigan. They dove into Robbie's knee. He had to be helped off the field in the second quarter. And here comes Blaine, 
And Michigan at that time, you could say had the momentum, or at least it was in the balance. And here comes the backup quarterback, and Blaine Fowler did more than hold it together. Blaine Fowler kept the ball rolling so that Michigan could not jump on top of us at that point. And had it not been for Blaine's preparation and his skill and his talent, I don't know that we would have won the national championship because I think we would have fallen behind at that point. And so the backup quarterback is absolutely massive. And that's one of the things that young players can learn from Blaine is that even when you're, you're not playing in meaningful situations as often as you want earlier in the season, you still are a critical component. And the way Blaine prepared is the model for everybody that plays that backup position. Ten straight games to start the season again for BYU, then uh, a bye, and then an FCS opponent in Dixie State, live on BYU TV, and then Stanford. What's your reaction to BYU playing ten straight games again next season without a bye? Well, they're going to have to get their their depth squared away again, right? This year, their depth was absolutely tested. And I think they got a feeling for what that's like to play that kind of a schedule that relentlessly and what it means for the next man up. And again, we go back to the example of Blaine where you get yourself ready as if you're the starter because you could be at a critical moment at any point. A lot of BYU players, young players, learn that firsthand this year. And I think the fact that they had to rotate so many guys in will help them in terms of their depth for next year. Look, we got to stop talking about Blaine or his head's not even going to fit in this <laughs> fit in this studio. And i got a game with him coming up on Thursday night. Trevor, I was just looking at your 84 schedule, and you had two buys before the end of October. Uh, BYU's last year as an independent coming up this fall, again, going those 10 straight. Uh, that That's going to change uh, clearly with the Big 12. I think those buys will be much more friendly, won't they, moving forward? Yeah, the buys uh, will be absolutely necessary. And, and conference, hopefully, will make sure that everybody's got a, a good shake when it comes to the buys. As an independent, you've got to schedule those games when your opponent can give you those games. When you're in a conference, especially as you enter conference play, then the conference front office will have an opportunity to make sure that's balanced. BYU goes 10-3, and three and uh, we hope finishes in the top 25 uh, You know, at the end of this season. Next season, BYU plays five Power Fives, four of which are in the top 25 right now, Notre Dame, Baylor, Oregon, Arkansas. It feels like that schedule is tougher because there's tougher opponents despite having fewer Power Fives. What's your opinion? Sure. Well, it's because of the rankings of those opponents. And, that's, uh, and also conference. I mean, you talk about now Arkansas and the SEC. Arkansas gave some of the best teams in the SEC fits at times this year, not Georgia, but they played really well. And so Notre Dame, top 10 caliber program, was fired up about their new head coach, Marcus Freeman, replacing Brian Kelly. So the, the quality of the opponents are, are really an upgrade. So you had all those power five opponents this year, uh, but I think on balance next year's is tougher because top to bottom, you've got, I think, a higher level of competition. And that's just another reason why BYU will need to have their depth squared away. It also means that they'll need to be really squared away in the passing game because they'll be facing some defenses that historically have done very well in slowing down the running game. And this is where the passing game is going to need to really step it up even another notch. All right, let's talk about all these bowl games. We've watched most of them. I think there were a 1,000. Were there 1,000? And there were four of them that were yeah. pretty good. Um, <laughs> oh, now, now. Come on. All right, five, five. I, I forgot the other okay. one. Um, so, Trevor, yeah. now that we're coming, down to, <laughs> to, we're coming down to Alabama and Georgia for a rematch, which uh, they probably could have scheduled in July, and, and these are the two best teams that, that have worked out. But the fact that we're going to get this game for the championship game, and then there's such a gulf between everybody else, 
Do you think that will speed up this 12-team playoff notion so that there is just more interest around these other games as opposed to the two top teams in the SEC just playing again? I think it might speed it up, Dave. And I think that people that are not in the SEC that are upset that once again you've got two SEC teams in the final, uh, what they need to do is beat them. Beat them. You don't like it? Don't complain about it. Don't try to drag them down. Just beat them. How do you do that? To do what they did in order to get to the top. We think of Alabama as the juggernaut that it's become under Nick Saban. But before Saban, eh, it was a pretty good team. What did Saban do? You do that. But I think that the, the 12-team playoff does need to happen for the reason that you mentioned, Dave. It's because it'll keep more regions of the country more interested for longer. You just look at the Pac-12, for example, and even the Big 12. In, in many years, they have not been, and certainly this last year, has not been in the conversation for the playoff as we got into the stretch run of the season because of losses that they incurred early. And so a lot of fans would check out and say, okay, well, we're, it's just a regional uh, game now. It shouldn't be a regional game. It should remain a national game. And that's one of the great things about the 12-team playoff as proposed, that even if you lose a couple of games early, because maybe you, you've got a young quarterback, Maybe you've got a new coaching staff and you're getting acclimated to the system. Maybe you had some injuries. But at the end, you're playing like a playoff caliber team. Well, if you got a couple losses early, you won't be considered for the playoff in a 14 playoff. And if you are able to, in a 12-team playoff, play well and win your conference, you can still get in and make some noise. And that keeps fans interested all around the country. I think that's important for the game. ESPN's Trevor Maddich is on BYU Sports Nation, and perhaps it affects the opt-outs. Let's talk about that. Obviously, Kirk Herbstreit and Desmond Howard's had some comments that got a lot of attention. What's your opinion of players opting out for bowl games as it pertains to love of the game, let's say? Well, I've got tremendous respect for Kirk and Desmond, but I see this subject differently than they do. I think you can love the game and still opt out because there's a future that you're looking to. And it depends on the individual player. That's why I wouldn't put it as, as just one blanket standard that everybody uh, needs to follow. For example, a few years ago, there was a running back at Baylor who had a bit of a knucklehead tendency, got suspended by his own coach, came back, played, decided that he was going to opt out of the bowl game. Well, the NFL wanted to see him play that bowl game because they needed to see that he loved the game, that he can come back from knucklehead behavior and be disciplined and finish. And he didn't show him that. And I don't think he ever did make it in the NFL. I think he wasn't drafted. But then again, you've got other guys, that Leonard Fournette, for example, Super Bowl champion last year, running back with Tampa Bay. At LSU, he played with a bad ankle. He opted out of the bowl game. And a lot of people said he didn't love the game. But what you're doing by compelling players to play in those games that are exhibition games not the not the playoff games of course what you're doing is you're you're compelling them pressuring them to put pressure on their future that they don't want to put on it for example kenny pickett who is said to be the first quarterback taken in this draft probably will be first or second certainly played for Pitt, opted out from the bowl game and a lot of people said well gee you needed to play well why he already laid down all the film that he needed to for NFL scouts to know what he's going to do. And at that point, at the end of the, the regular season of the conference championship game, at that point, Pickett, if he just stayed healthy until the time he signed his name on the contract, he would be guaranteed millions of dollars, life-changing money for himself and his family, guaranteed if he just stays healthy. And if he decides that he doesn't want to risk 
two weeks of bowl practice, and then a bowl game where who knows who's playing in that game that might want to make a, make a name for himself and dive into his legs, right? If he doesn't want to take that risk, then I think the locker room and the program also need to be loyal to him and say, thank you for everything you've done for us. And we understand that you want to maximize your opportunity and potential to go forward. And I think that that loyalty goes both ways and the love of the game needs to go both ways too. It seems to me, and I could be wrong, that uh, going into the 84 Michigan game at the Holiday Bowl, Michigan six and five, BYU's playing for some stuff. But if Glenn Kozlowski told you, Craig Garrick and Robert and I that he was gonna sit this one out, I think the three of you would punch him in the face. <laughs> no, no. Two of us would punch him in the face. The other one would punch him somewhere else. And so, yeah. But see, that, that game was for the national championship for us, not for Michigan, but for us. And nobody even considered stepping out. This is why we're talking about exhibition bowl games. Now, the Rose Bowl is different. Ohio State had, had four starters, I believe. Yeah. Um, opt out of the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. You opt out of the Rose Bowl. Okay. But if that's what you feel is best for you, okay, it's not the playoff. And that's what the important thing is. For me personally, playing in that game, let's say it wasn't for the national championship. Playing for that game was critical to my future in the NFL. And I, I didn't even consider opting out. Never would have, even if it wasn't for the national championship. But because of the schedule that we played, we faced Michigan now. And their nose guard was Mark Messner, one of only two Wolverines to ever go four straight years as a starter First team all Big Ten for Michigan football. Never happened before or since, except two guys. Mesner was one, and that was his sophomore year. And the NFL got to see me against that guy. And I think that helped me become a first-round draft choice. So it really does depend on what the individual circumstances are as to how you evaluate whether or not they should have opted out. It's certainly a different era. Uh, and it's interesting to hear the opinions uh, from you, Trevor. We appreciate the time. Happy holidays. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Georgia, Alabama. Who you got, by the way? Who's your pick? Uh, right now I'm leaning Alabama. And the reason is that, that Georgia, I still don't know that their defensive backfield will be able to handle the, the passing attack a second time against the tide. I think that's the difference. Okay, Alabama. We'll talk to you next week, Trev. Appreciate the time. Thanks, uh, Trev. Thanks, guys. ESPN's Trevor Maddich, who would punch Glenn Kozlowski in the face potentially in 1984. That is a funny visual because sometimes Glenn deserves to be punched in the <laughs> face, but he probably did some punching too. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he did. It's interesting because Zach Wilson could have opted out of the Boca Raton Bowl last year. Yeah. Did not. I, I don't fault a guy for going either way. I really don't. I, I, I get it. I get the financial incentive. It's a different financial incentive than it was 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I think if they go to a playoff, I, I saw someone say something over the weekend that you don't see players opting out of the big dance because they want to go to the NBA because right. they're in it to win it. And, and perhaps and, the violence of football plays into this yeah, too. Yeah, but I also think the, hey, if, if uh, you know, Ohio State wanted to go to the playoff, so they're over here at the Rose Bowl, which wasn't a big deal to them all of a sudden. But uh, if you win the Rose Bowl and if you're in a 12-team playoff, it really doesn't matter. You can right. still get there. I wonder if the expansion of a 12-team playoff that includes all the New Year's Six changes this. Yeah. I still think we'll see some opt-outs. It doesn't mean it will just go right. away, but definitely fewer probably. At that yeah, everyone wants to win a title. And they have a yep. shot if they expand it. Yep. Coming up, BYU hoops and the WCC trying to overcome COVID as are we all. Is there a concern about the conference schedule, which is supposed to resume Thursday? And does football just matter more in the Big 12? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world.
To get to know the players, the coaches, and some compelling fan stories, search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today and listen away. We've got 10 men's basketball news stories. First one's out, Craig Cusick. The next one's Gideon George, part two, uh, which comes out tomorrow night on the Mark Pope Show. Okay. He is Dave. I am Jeremy. This is BYU Sports Nation, of course, to interact with the program. You can always follow us on social media, BYU Sports Nation, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Maris, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Zach Wilson had a great day yesterday, 19 of 33, 234, touchdown, no interceptions. Came close to making a BYU sweep over the great Tom Brady. Has Zach turned the corner? Didn't win the game, but he went toe-to-toe with the greatest. It feels like he has. There was a stat put out, first six games, four total touchdowns, nine picks. Last six, eight total touchdowns, two picks. I love this pick. Oh, that's fun with Tom Brady. How awesome is that? Jersey swap, question mark? Uh, Zach has an 80-plus rating in four of the last six. He played without his third-string left tackle. Didn't have the top two receivers, top three tight ends, top two running backs for most of the game. Through 11, uh, you know, a bunch of picks first 226. Hasn't thrown one in the last 173. A lot of numbers there to say, yes, he has. He's playing much better on the stinky Jets, Dave. <laughs> I just think he was just here. He was just <laughs> here playing at the stadium. Now he's hanging out with Tom Brady, going toe-to-toe, making millions of bucks. You can live your dream. You play at BYU yep. and do whatever you want and conquer the world. Absolutely. Okay, Kyrus Tonga lined up for a play at fullback for the Bears and threw a lead block, resulting in a touchdown. Is he the new William the Refrigerator Perry? If he is, I hope that if Walter Payton comes back from the dead <laughs> and they get to the Super Bowl, they don't hand it off to Kyrus, but they give it to Walter Payton Can you and let him score. That's one of the biggest debaucheries <laughs> in the history of football, that Walter Payton didn't get I the know. ball at the goal the fridge line. Got and Marshawn Lynch. The fridge got in, which, which was great. Great. It yeah. was the story, but but your Come on. Superman's behind you. I love that uh, Kyrus has found a way to stay healthy in the league and play and produce. He's doing more with the Bears than he did at BYU. Which is the goal. Yeah. Michael Davis. Same, Absolutely. same idea. I That's think, how right? you get paid. More. <laughs> exactly. And I know, you know, that, that kind of stuff. The city of Chicago just loves that stuff. Yes. You can be a hero. You make blocks like that. Yes. Kyrus was heard to say, it, it was fun. <laughs> With the entire opening weekend of the WCC wiped out due to COVID, do you think there'll be more or less than 13 conference games played? <sighs> Meaning, will play, BYU play, play 13 or more? Yes. I would, yeah, I'd set the line at a half there, but uh, 13. Uh, I'm going to go under. It just feels like there's a lot of cancellations. I don't want that, but that's, it feels like that's where we're going. That. I don't think, oh, this was going to be the only weekend where there's an issue. It feels like there's going to be more issues. It'd be nice if it was because, like, hey, everyone, just shut it down for six days and and regroup and move forward. Um, but you're right. It's, it's just going to keep showing up. The question is, is the testing the way it should be? Are the penalties the way they should be? Mm. A couple of play like I like that what the NBA did. You give me seven guys and a coach, you go play the game. We're not shutting down. At least that's been their plan. And and some teams have problems all the time. The Jazz don't have any problems at all. It's so random. I don't know. Yeah, the, because the NBA has a policy, the WC has a policy. Like, is it blue states, red states, sort of how you handle things? Which, it, ha- which it was last year. It was, right? Sure. Um, and, and that's why BYU football is like, no, we're playing. We're going to do this. We're going to do this safely, and we're going to be able to play. So hopefully everyone can play as much as possible. What I like that I'm not hearing is that anyone saying we should get rid of the fans. Right. 
that that we're we're trying to see can the teams be healthy enough to play? Oh, we got 18,000 fans coming in. Like the Westminster game, one of the bigger crowds of the year the other night here at the Marriott Center. Games are dropping left and right. I'm going still packed. Hey, this place is going to be packed tonight. Yeah, yeah. All the Utah and Ohio State fans packed the Rose Bowl, as you pointed out. Yeah. This morning, it's like, hey, that was it didn't stop them. Didn't stop them. ESPN's Kirk Herbstreit took some heat this weekend for comments about players not loving football by opting out of bowl games. Later clarified more on Twitter. Is it fair to question a player's motivations if someone opts out of a bowl game? I think it's fair to ask what your motivation is. And then, okay. You know, and then we can debate of whether or not we think it's stupid. Uh, and I think Trevor talked about that a little bit um, in that same vein of, we don't know what's going on with people. We don't know what's going on with guys. Same thing with up and out a uh, year of school and going to the NFL. Most of us don't really know the financial situation of this person or the academic situation or whatever. We just go, man, that's crazy. We'd have been good next year, you know, or better. We. Uh, yeah, it's on we. You. This is all right, us, except right? no one's tackling me. Yep. Uh, and, and we have jobs. And you know, you've kept your shirt on to this point, which is and great. the shirt's still on. Yeah. Um, but I think it's fair to say, um, hey, why aren't you in? All I know is this. If Ohio, State, if Ohio State's two All-American receivers had played the other night, in addition to what the third guy did and, and what Harrison did, they'd still be running yeah. through Pasadena. I think it's fair to ask, like you said. Um, and, and, yeah, there are all kinds of different situations. Um, yeah, I, I think Kirk understands it. They love football. Um, but, yeah, it's it's nice when they play. And maybe, the, like we talked about, maybe the expanded playoff eliminates more opt-outs. But the money is so big now compared to what it used to be that I understand that. I didn't, I, I I didn't mind the ribbing. I didn't mind Kirk's ribbing of rattling the fence because there are some that are like, and, and, I'm, in it, I'm in it for me. And what's the context there? It's Ohio State. That's where he went. And he works for ESPN who owns all the Bulls. Yeah. Okay? And he's calling that game. He wanted to see those guys. Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, no. The new Big 12 had the best bowl winning percentage of any P5 conference, even with BYU's defeat to UAB. <laughs> Does it just mean more in the Big 12, this whole game of football? That's a fun troll on the SEC's little take a few years ago. <laughs> it just means more. Um, I'm not sure that bowl percentage from a conference matters, but it seems like it's not. Like, the SEC's clearly better than everyone else, yet they really struggled except for Alabama and Georgia. So, no, I, I don't think it matters, no. Yeah. Like, like oh, so-and-so won the Outback. Okay. Yeah. The two best teams in the country are playing for the national championship. Yeah. They happen to be in the SEC. No one is debating that. I thought Michigan was pretty good until they got hammered. And everyone thought, hey, Cincinnati's going to rise up like the 84 Cougars and just just get it done, and they got <laughs> hammered at the line of scrimmage. Wasn't I was hoping Cincinnati would score a touchdown. Yeah, and they didn't. And so it's like, all right, these are the two best teams, and we played all these other bowls so we could sell trucks, pizza, and chip dip. I do love all of those things, though. Uh, expand the playoffs so we can see more blowouts. That's what I say. Because <laughs> that's what would happen. Yeah, just think, but though, I do want the just think, though, if play. next weekend we had four more college games in the second round of what More we football. Just saw. I'm always there for more football. Yeah, except for the Canadian Football League. I haven't been able to bring that in. And there's another American. pro league coming in in the spring. I'm not ready for that one either. Give me college and give me the NFL. And then give is it the to XFL, me all the Is it the XFL? No, there's another one, right? Something else. Something else. <laughs> coming know. up, rise and shout outs to the foe of our foe. And Joe Lenardi says BYU Hoops is barely off the bubble. Are we concerned? We'll discuss BYU Hoops after the break. This is BYU Sports Night. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, 
official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, Jerem talks with baseball coach Mike Littlewood about officiating in the big dance. He was a good officiator, too. Uh, turning down a job in the NBA, tumor he had removed, and the future of Cougar baseball. All that and more, listen on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. He turned down a job as an NBA ref. And, and, and the guy that emailed him back, he said, you're the first person to ever tell me no. He was a great ref. I talked for like the first 45 minutes with Mike about officiating. Yeah. It was officiating fascinating. Some of the biggest games. Seriously. Yeah. He, was, he could have been at the highest level. He loves coaching, though. He loves coaching. He's a good coach. Yes, he is. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann here. Let's talk Cougar hoops now. So over the weekend, both the men and the women's side of the WCC, they were supposed to start conference play. We're all excited. We're going to have a New Year's Day game on BYU TV. Mm, COVID, Omicron, get out of here. So how concerned are you, Dave, about getting a full schedule in? These postponements you'd think have to go on Tuesdays. How many can we reasonably get in here? Well, it seems like if we can – Dodge losing a whole weekend um, that we can find spots for these 17 games that have got to be made up. Because, yeah, Tuesdays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, uh, you can find a spot. But if it lingers, like we already have a cancellation coming for Thursday with Gonzaga and San Francisco uh, on the men's side, if it lingers and now all of a sudden it's on the men and women's side, it's 34 games or more, then pretty soon you're slashing weeks. And then all of a sudden, you're looking to Ken Palm and other the, things. And those standing let's just get the year, best yeah. teams to play each other. And then you have the total mess that we played through before. And um, would, know, that, would that necessarily be bad for BYU's tourney chances? No. If you eliminate the Portland game, if you eliminate some of the other games that don't help the resume? The, the non-conference, and we talked with Mark Pope about this before the Westminster game, when games started to fall off, the, the non-conference for BYU will hold up through the winter mm-hmm. uh, and, and may only get better. San Diego State's going to get, you know, the teams BYU Titans beat. Getting better. Six and one against teams that were in the big dance in March. That's incredible. Um, is huge. And nothing's going to lessen that. Uh, and so, but, but in years past, you know, BYU hasn't played that kind of schedule. Where you know what you got to do? You got to beat number one Gonzaga, and then all of a sudden everyone will take you serious. And they've done that a couple of times too. But I think that, um, and, and Gonzaga as well, they played a monster non conference schedule. Um, some teams that didn't, San Francisco, 13 and 1, you know what? They need, they need a lot of games. They need some They don't have WCC the way to, to write it out. Yes. And they're barely in, but if you're USF, you're stoked because you don't even really make the NIT. You know what I mean? Like, they're ecstatic right now. And they were probably licking their chops to get Gonzaga, which is on COVID pause. But coming off the yep. COVID pause, that's a good time to play Gonzaga because they haven't yes. been themselves for a week or 10 days or yes. however long. But that one's, that one's off for Thursday. Matt Norlander reporting that. And then he also added, sources said WCC is meeting today to determine next steps and alterations with league schedule. WCC lost all of its games over the weekend because of COVID. With Gonzaga, BYU, St. Mary's, USF as the top four teams, the emphasis needs to be making sure those four all play each other twice in the regular season. Let's talk about that. There are 16 games scheduled. Remember, this is the Gonzaga rule. They wanted to have two more non-conference games. They get it. Yeah. Um, you know, feigning going to the Mountain West a couple years ago. I say feigning because that's what it was. They were never going to go, it didn't seem like. No. So 16 games in league. Eight of those would be uh, – I guess those are six. Six of the 16 would be against the other three, right, if it's the big four. We're including San Francisco right now in that conversation. I think when the season ends, we're not. But uh, the, the Don still have to prove to me that 
I'm Thomas on this. I'm I'm I gotta see it. Um, Full of but, doubts. But I yes, I agree that um, if it gets reshuffled, it's in the best interest of the league, who thrives financially on the units of the NCAA tournament, and Gonzaga going to Final Fours, obviously. <clears throat> that if you can get a three bid league, yes, you line that all up, and and I'm sure that that would be the case. That's what makes Saturday. I'm convinced that they would do that. That's what makes Saturday so big, with St. Mary's coming here. Yep. In a game that is scheduled to happen, uh, with an uncertain future behind it, you beat them Saturday night at your place. You might not even play them again. Things could get There's crazy enough where yeah. if they're on pause, you don't play them. Yeah. But if you got your shot first out of the gate, and again, we're expecting them right now to play BYU and Pacific Thursday night on BYU TV. That game is on uh, as of the moment. Um, and so is Saturday's game against St. Mary's. But if you beat St. Mary's Saturday night, you can then sit back and go, all right, I beat the second best team in the league, if we're not the second best, and no one expects me to beat Gonzaga. So it's almost job well done. Now you can just wait it out. But if you lose Saturday, you've got to have another shot with them. Mm-hmm. So then you've got to hope that no matter what, we've got to go to St. Mary's and win that game, which is a tough place to play. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this game on Saturday night with, with COVID doing its thing, if that game happens in Provo, it's the biggest game of the year. I've seen St. Mary's in person. I worked at a Utah State St. Mary's game. And they're, they're good. Yeah. They missed a bunch of threes. That's how Utah State was in that game, in my opinion. <clears throat> They've got some size uh, with Toss and, and, and company. They're, they're good. I think it'd be a, a fun, it's going to be a fun matchup Saturday night. And, and now you look at where Lenardi has BYU. Uh, you know, not in the final eight. They were a couple days ago. Uh, on the final eight, that'd be on the bubble. BYU's a nine seed, the 35th overall. That's a good spot to be in. But we're about to enter a, a stage where there are opportunities to elevate. But how successful do we expect BYU to be given what we've seen in non-conference play? I agree with you. I think BYU is still the second best team in the league. But can BYU sustain no Baxter and Harvard for the whole season, the whole rest of the season? It's a big ask yeah. for Caleb Lohner in specific. And, and it's been tough on him. Like He hasn't played particularly well the last couple of games because his role is totally different. It's like, hey, be the five. Hey, Atiki Ali Atiki, come be the five. Fusini Traore, going to be awesome at BYU. He's on this Yoli Child's trajectory kind of, right? But throwing a freshman in in those situations – He's going to have to grow up quick. And he's shown that he can be very good. But for BYU to maintain as the second-best team in the league, it will be a challenge. It will be a it's challenge. It's going to be hard. And I'm not even sure they can do it. That's why Saturday's game against St. Mary is so big because you got him at home. But BYU hasn't been playing very well. In addition to everything you just said with not having a center and moving it over, I mean, Alex Barcelo scored nine points in the last two games. You know, not in double figures. And he is by far BYU's best player. Uh, Tijon Lucas has been inconsistent. Um, they didn't look great against Westminster, but that was more of a glorified practice. But they didn't look great in that Hawaii tournament. Yep. Uh, a couple of guys had, had big moments. But the turnovers have been up near 19, 20, 21, whereas during that run out of the gate uh, to get to, up to what? As high as what were they ranked? 13th? 13th, yeah. 13th. Yeah. Uh, turnovers were on 11, 10. So – they managed to scratch out rebounds because that's how they're taught, and they're going to be tough and physical and all that. But if you go into the league and you have 20 turnover nights, any team in the league will beat you. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to see that cleaned up. Never mind, the, they're not going to be taller back here because those guys are hurt. But this doesn't have to be happening. And your best players have the ball in their hands. Lucas and Barcelo have to play better. 
They've got to take care of the ball. And you know what? BYU asked Barcelo to do a lot. He has to score more. Yep. That's just it. Yep. And he can certainly do it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's see him do it Thursday against the Pacific. All right. Coming up, are you more concerned about the schedule or the backup quarterback situation at BYU? That's been the question of the day. We'll get the elite voice of the day. And today's Rise and Shoutouts, this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show, please. Our question of the day, would Dave McCann last the whole show with his shirt on? The answer is yes. Our other question of the day, are you cold. more concerned? <laughs> it's so cold. That's it. Are you more concerned about BYU playing 10 straight games in football this fall or filling the backup quarterback position? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Tons of snow up there. At Jeremiah Hale on Twitter, the games at Jacob Conover 17 will be ready when his name is called. BYU was on the cusp of greatness, and 2021 was amazing, but just a little short on depth to make it through so many games unscathed. Add a legit running back transfer and beef up the D-line, two to three deep, and we're fire emoji. Yeah. No, that's where we're at. you got to shop the portal. Yep. You've got to shop the portal because you can. Got to get a running back. Just go see what's on sale. I think, yeah. And and, and you – like Aaron Roderick told us during the season, they're going to fill the quarterback room with the best guys that want to play at BYU and may the best man win. There's I love interest. That. I love that outside strategy. too, yeah. And why wouldn't there be? And it's always been full at BYU. It's been awesome. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Who gets a Rise and Shoutout? Baylor Romney. Job well done. Best of luck in the future with whatever you got going on. Always be a beloved Cougar, and it's great to see uh, what he has done. And I love to see a guy doing what he wants to do. Yeah, shout out to Ohio State for obvious reasons. Uh, Betty White, you know what? Betty White, what a, what a life. She's hilarious. And, of course, Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, Kyrus Tonga, all crushing it in the NFL. Yeah. Right, thanks to today's guest, Trevor Manich. Let's launch the year in style. Good to be part of the first show. Yeah. 2022. Great to have you. And by man. the way, you know what? Football returns later this year. That's right, baby. Okay, sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Jim Herman. See you tomorrow for more BYUSN. Go Cubs.